0: We'll take our text from just one verse found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This, of course, was part of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. This was the sixth beatitude in a series. And some would suggest that this possibly was the greatest beatitude, at least in the sense that We have here a personal promise of actually seeing God. Other Beatitudes deal with the attitudes of the heart and maybe even our relationship with others. But this one actually is a promise of seeing God someday. You know, when we think of seeing the Lord, we probably all think of a future promise and a future hope. That's something every godly Christian has of one day seeing the Lord face to face But often when the Word of God uses the word see, it also means to perceive or to discern or to understand. So that's something we can do today. That's a promise for each of us today. We can discern what the Lord's will is. We certainly want to understand what the Word of God says. We want to sense the Lord's presence in our lives. And these are all things that are promised to the pure in heart. We do know that this is a promise, but there's also a requirement. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What is it to be pure in heart? Of course, we know when the Bible refers to the heart, most often it is not referring to the organ that pumps blood through our bodies, but in fact it's talking about the soul or the spirit of man, the the core of, of who we are. It says that the intellect and the spirit and the emotions of a man, it's, it's the seat of all of those things, is the heart of man. So we know that this is speaking about a purity that happens from within. You know, this isn't to be confused with human perfection. Human perfection is unattainable. There is nobody that will be humanly perfect. That changed with the fall of man. But it is speaking about being morally perfect, having a heart that's perfect before the Lord. Not only is it attainable, but it is required of God. Matthew 5.48 says, "Be, Be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's not a suggestion. That is a commandment. We know that we must have it to see the Lord. And the Bible tells us without it, we can't see Him. It says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So we certainly want to understand what it means to be pure in heart. Being pure in heart or a person who is pure in heart will be led by God's laws and by God's commandments. He will adhere and align his life to the precepts in God's word. Psalm 19.8 says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. When our eyes are enlightened, we can see. The commandment of the Lord is pure. So we know the pure in heart will be following those pure commandments given to us by the Lord. You know, being pure in heart, this is not something we achieve through our our own actions. You know, a person can look holy and they can act holy without being... Holy. And Jesus had some very stern words to say to those who tried to put on this external display of purity. We read in Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 through 28. These are Christ's own words. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. But within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and full of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Like I said, those are some very stern words by Christ. We don't probably need to even elaborate on what he was saying there. You know, the problem is so many times people think they can clean up the flesh and then eventually they can maybe become pure in heart, but we know it doesn't work that way. God has to purify the heart. You know, I had an old vehicle one time, and as I was driving it one day, it developed a very serious engine knock. And I I realized that wasn't a good thing. I wasn't a mechanic, but I took that car to a trusted mechanic. And he looked at it, and he explained all the problems. Basically, without getting into a lot of detail, he said, eventually you're going to lose the engine. He says, you might be able to drive it in this condition for a week or a month or even a year, but eventually you're going to have to replace the engine. And the problem was that to replace the engine would have cost more than the car was worth. So he suggested you want to probably try to sell it as is. Somebody can maybe buy it for parts. So that's what I decided to do. This was before Craigslist or the Internet. I ran an ad in the paper, and I said car for sale has engine problems gave a little description and uh, another friend of mine suggested he says well let me at least clean it up for you so he did he spent a half a day detailing that car uh, waxed it armor all the tires even used simple green on the engine it smelled like an air freshener it was spotless it looked brand new and so I had a person come and look at it and the first thing they noticed they said wow this is a clean vehicle. It looks like it's really well maintained. Then they wanted to look under the hood. Well, I wasn't trying to hide anything. I lifted the hood, started the engine, and explained the situation. They stepped back. They shut the hood. They said, thanks, but no thanks. We're not interested. And you know, I still remember what they said. It said uh, they said, you know what? It doesn't matter how good it looks on the outside. It's what's under the hood that counts. Well, that's true. It doesn't matter how cleaned up a person may appear on the outside. What's the most important thing is that they're a pure in heart. And only Christ can do that. You know, having a good heart is not the same as being pure in heart. There are a lot of good-hearted people in the world today. There are people that will invest their whole lives in a cause because they think it's just and Right? You know, it doesn't matter. They may be trying to save the whales or rescue the hippos or protect the desert salamander. Any, any number of causes. And they're sincere about it. But you know what? It doesn't, it's not enough to earn them a place in heaven. You have to be pure in heart. Just having a good heart and good intentions isn't enough. A person may be a staunch defender of the unborn. That's a good thing. You may be unapologetically pro-life. If you are, God bless you. But you know what? That's not enough to secure yourself a place in heaven. Being pure in heart is more than just having a good heart. Being pure in heart means to have a heart that's cleansed and washed and purified by the blood of Christ. An old preacher once said, the worst kind of badness is human goodness. Because so often they can use that as a substitute for the new birth. So we know we must be pure in heart first. The Bible tells us man looks on the outward appearances, but God looks on the heart. And we know it's only the blood of Christ that can cleanse us from all unrighteousness and make us pure. Well, man looks on the outward appearance. That is true. But someone would use that as an argument to say, well, then it really doesn't matter. Appearances aren't so important. That is not true. If man looks on the appearance, we better make sure that our appearance is one that would glorify and honor the Lord. Appearances absolutely do matter. You know, what's going on inside of the heart is going to show on the outside. If you're pure and holy and your goal is to please the Lord in all that you do, it's going to be reflected in your life, in your conduct, the way you dress, the way you talk, the places you go. So appearances absolutely do matter. You think about in the Old Testament when a man brought a sacrifice to the priest. It had to be a lamb that was perfect without any visible blemishes at all. The only way to examine that sacrifice was to look at it externally, what would happen if they would have brought some old scruffy lamb they pulled out of the flock there, maybe had been rolling around in the dirt, its fur was matted, it had blemishes, and they tried to offer it to the Lord? God would have rejected that sacrifice. He would have been insulted. Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 12.1, it says we're to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. So we present our bodies as sacrifices to the Lord. Appearances are important. Can you imagine what would happen if we decided, you know, we're going to focus all of our energies and our attention on keeping the inside of the church clean. But we're going to give our outside crew a six-month vacation. We're not going to maintain the outside of the church. We're not going to worry about the yard We're not going to worry about cleaning the parking lot. We're not going to worry about repairing anything if it uh, needs to be repaired. We're not going to worry about roof leaks. We're just going to focus on keeping the inside clean. Well, that wouldn't be a good thing. What kind of message would that be sending to our neighbors and even to our congregants? We didn't care enough about the inside to maintain the outside. So we can see Uh, appearances do matter. They do matter to the Lord. Romans 6 tells us when we're saved and sanctified, our bodies are not our own. Our bodies are members of Christ. The Bible says we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are the Lord's. Glorify God in your bodies. You know, there's an old saying, if it walks like a duck, if it acts like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Well, if it looks like the world, if it acts like the world, if it talks like the world, if it dresses like the world, if it appears like the world, it's of the world. So we need to make sure that in everything we do, if we want our hearts, if we have purified hearts, that's going to show on the outside. The outside is important, not as much as the inside. But again, if the inside is pure and holy, it's going to shine forth on the outside. So we glorify God in our souls and our spirits And in our bodies. Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4 says, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You know, some impurities are very obvious. We would say the ones just listed here are things that obviously we would do our best to avoid. You know, the word pure means not mixed with anything else. You could take a substance that was pure. You could take a glass of water and you could just put a a tiny drop of cyanide in that glass of water. And you know what? That water would no longer be pure. So we know some impurities are more obvious but some are less obvious well what are some of those not so obvious impurities that we need to guard against these things that could come in and and defile a pure heart hebrews three twelve says take heed brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living god so we can see unbelief It seems so subtle at times. It can just creep in maybe with a doubt. But we know we cannot mix unbelief with a pure heart. If that thing goes unchecked, eventually it can develop into something that will actually cause us to depart from the living God. So God help us. We want to make sure we guard against that heart of unbelief, that heart of doubt. But We know the Word of God says that all things are possible through Him who believes so? We know uh, we can avoid falling into that heart of unbelief. Pride, of course, is another one that will keep us or that will actually defile a pure heart. It's been said that pride is the one disease known to man that makes everybody else sick except the one who has it. Well, that's true. Pride blinds us to our own needs and to our own faults. Psalm 119.21 says, Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Psalm 10.4 tells us the proud will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And in Proverbs, we read of six things. It says that God hates. And number one on that list, it says, is a proud look. So we can see pride and purity do not mix together. They can't. But we know, it says, God resists the proud but gives grace unto the humble. But we can't mix purity and pride, bitterness, unforgiven, unforgiveness. There are other things that will not mix with a pure heart. Hebrews 12.15 gives us a warning. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So we see we can't have bitterness in our hearts and expect our hearts to be pure. A heart can't bring forth pure water and bitter water at the same time. They won't come from the same well. So we need to make sure that we keep our hearts free of these contaminants. And, you know, recognizing what some of these things are and doing that, we can guard against these things. So we, we want to protect our hearts and protect that purity that the Lord has put there. Some say that being purified or being holy is a process. There are many churches that even teach that sanctification is a process. It's kind of something you grow into. Well, there is a verse that tells us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, but we also know that the experience of sanctification is instantaneous. It happens in a moment if we've been saved and we come and we present our lives to Christ and we consecrate our lives to the Lord's service and we yield to the Lord. We know that the Lord comes in in a moment and He sanctifies us. That's God's responsibility. But you know the Lord gives us a responsibility to maintain what He's given us, that purity of heart. We must maintain it. The Word of God says we're to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. I remember just shortly after I was sanctified, and I think I've shared this story before, but I was, I was in high school, and I remember one day I was standing at my locker there in the hallway, and there was a guy that had a locker next to me, and he looked into my locker. I happened to open it up, and he looked in there, and he said, wow. He says, your locker is so pure and holy. <laughs> I didn't think a thing of it, but right away the Lord reminded me, that's what I did in your heart when I sanctified you. But I realized, whose responsibility is it to keep that locker pure and holy? Well, that's my responsibility to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. That's your responsibility. God gives us that responsibility, but He gives us some steps we can do to do that. You know, if you want to remain pure, you have to have a made-up mind. You have to decide Ahead of time, every morning when you get up, Lord, I want to glorify you in all that I do. I want to be a godly example. So it's a decision we make in our minds every day. James 4, 8, part of that verse says, Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So we have to decide and determine we're going to live for the Lord and we're going to honor the Lord in our bodies and in our souls we're in, our, in our spirits, we can't be double-minded about it. We have to be single-minded. We have to have a made-up mind. We have to spend time in God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? So we take heed to the Word of God. We keep ourselves pure by obeying God's Word and by loving one another. 1 Peter 1.22 Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. We're to love with a pure heart. We're to love with an unfeigned love. That is a love that isn't artificial. It's not put on. It's genuine and it's real. To love fervently means to do it with all of our hearts. We have to be honest, sometimes it takes fervent love to love some of the saints. Sometimes some saints are easier to love than others, that's just a fact. But we do it fervently with a pure heart. This is how we keep ourselves pure and unspotted from the world. You know, you can ask the Lord to give you a pure heart. He's the only one that can. Maybe... You're struggling in your relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you feel like there's been some distance between you and the Lord. Or maybe, like we heard Friday night, maybe you've been drifting for so long and you realize that you're no longer a child of God. You know, that's a terrible place to be in. But God can restore you this morning. Psalm 51.10 This is a psalm, a prayer that David prayed. He said, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me to be separated from God through sin and through uh, these kinds of things. That's a horrible place to be. It's an awful place for anyone to find themselves, but that doesn't have to be a permanent position. The Lord can save you and restore you. My wife and I had a very close friend And she's passed away several years ago. But I still remember her testimony. She said as a young lady, she she did. She loved the Lord and she had been saved and had a desire to serve the Lord. And she was doing her best. But she said as she got a little older, she began to allow a little compromise into her heart. And she said the Spirit of the Lord was so faithful to check her and just remind her that thing is not pleasing me. But she continued on, and the Lord would prick her heart, and she said, finally, one day she was about to do something, and God specifically told her no. He said, if you, don't, if you do that again, I'm going to renew, remove my spirit from you. You're not going to be my child any longer. Well, she did the worst thing she could have ever done. She ignored that voice, and she pushed through it, she went ahead and did that thing that the Lord told her not to do. And she said immediately... She just felt this emptiness inside. She knew the Spirit of the Lord had left her. She had disobeyed God, and she said the condemnation, the guilt, rather than just fall to her knees and confess and repent, she said she decided to try to cover it up. And she thought to herself, I'm going to do everything I can to look like a Christian. So she did. She dressed right. She acted right. She was in every service. She took part in the work. She did everything she could trying somehow to convince herself and others that she was okay spiritually, but she said she just continued to grow uh, further and further. She was more miserable until finally one day, she said, she was at church. And the Lord spoke to her, and she said she just went down to the altar, and she just fell before the Lord, and she said God told her, you can't serve me with that thing in your life. That one thing you're trying to cover up with all of these good works, all these other things... At that point, she said she surrendered to the Lord. She confessed that thing to the Lord. The Lord restored restored the joy of her salvation. The Lord uh, brought her back into His family. That fellowship was restored. She was trying for so long to cover up what was inside, but God took care of the inside. And then, of course, the Lord dealt with the outside, but that's the faithfulness of the Lord. The Lord can do that for you this morning. You know, there's wonderful promises to the pure in heart. We know, of course, it says the pure in heart will see God. It's the pure in heart who are invited into God's presence. Psalm 24.3 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. You know, when you're pure in heart, you can have confidence when you pray, when you approach that throne, Hebrews ten twenty two says, let us draw nigh with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So when our heart is pure, there's nothing that uh, can get in the way of our communication with the Lord. That's a wonderful thing. You know, the pure in heart are those that are free from guilt and condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And we know it's the pure in heart who will be ready for the Lord's return. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Thank God with holiness we will see the Lord. We'll be able to see the Lord. It says that the Lord is returning that second time without sin unto salvation. He's returning for those that Love Him, those that have purified their hearts, that have had the blood of Jesus applied to their lives, and they're looking for the Lord's return. The Lord can save you this morning. He can lift that old burden of sin. The Lord can sanctify you and purify your heart. The Lord can fill you with His Holy Spirit and empower you to live a godly, holy life. You know, the Lord can do all these things, and the Lord can keep you saved. Jude 24 says that the Lord is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. What a promise. If you don't have that hope in your heart this morning, the Lord can put it there. God can save you. He can sanctify you. If you're willing to uh, maintain those things and do what the Word of God says, the Lord will give you victory, and you'll be ready when that old trumpet sounds. What a hope we have. Uh, You can pray this morning. Let the Lord purge you, purify you. If there's things in your life that uh, are unchecked or that need to be checked, the Lord will do that for you, and he'll be faithful to help you. Let's sing 551. These altars are open.